Back on Sports Map tonight with Luke Morrow here, all across Sports Map Radio, as we head out to the Progressive Insurance Guest Line and welcome onto the show Jeff Diamond, who spent three decades working in NFL front offices, was the GM of the Minnesota Vikings, president of the Tennessee Titans. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff Diamond NFL. And he's with us now. Jeff, appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing fine, Luke. How are you? Doing well. Appreciate you joining us. A handful of different things I want to get to with you throughout the NFL. But let's start with the Chicago Bears and the storyline people have been pondering here in recent weeks about what Chicago should do moving forward at that quarterback position. If you were in charge of the Bears, do you stick with Justin Fields? Do you go back into the draft and try to get the next guy? How would you treat that current situation there in Chicago here moving forward? Yeah, it's definitely kind of a quandary for for Ryan Poles, the GM there, to figure out what direction to go. And I, I think that if I'm in his shoes, unless I'm in love with one of those top quarterbacks, and we're, obviously we're talking about the whole crew of potential top guys, and Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, Daniels, uh, you had to like what you saw from J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix mm-hmm. in the college football playoffs. So if if you have one of those guys that you think is going to be a, a first or second team all pro, a Mahomes, a, a Josh Allen when he's not throwing interceptions, <laughs> or one of the very top players at quarterback, if you don't think – that Williams or May or one of those guys is of that caliber, then I would certainly stick with Justin Fields because I think he's done enough to to earn that job. And, and you you go to a rookie, you're, you're still going to have a learning curve, some growing pains. And, and this Bears team is playing really well right now. They've won four out of five. They've beaten the Lions. They've, they've won some some impressive games, one at, at the Vikings. And so do you really want to start over when you've got – a quality player in Justin Fields. So I think it's going to get better and better as he gets better talent around him. And if you can trade down from that number one pick and say you only go a spot or two and you pick up an extra whatever second or third round pick, which gets you another offensive lineman, another pass rusher, whatever can help the team. And then you can can still uh, draft Marvin Harrison Jr., that's what I would do, <laughs> because I, I think that then you think Marvin Harrison Jr. and D.J. Moore, a wide receiver, could be one of the best duos in the league. And you've got, obviously, a, a good quarterback who can get better, who's still young, who can run. And I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson at this point, but he's got that kind of athletic ability. And, and look how Lamar Jackson has taken off this year when he's gotten a better receiving core to work with. And so I, I think, like I said, if if you have one of those guys like Caleb Williams or Drake May that you think is that Patrick Mahomes, then, yeah, you take him for sure because Justin Fields is not that. But if you don't have them rated that highly and you think, yeah, they're a really good prospect, then I stick with Justin Fields. I trade down and I try to get Marvin Harrison Jr., Yeah, and I think that's what's so interesting about this situation is the two sides you presented where you were a guy that built NFL teams for a number of years. What do you find to be easier is probably not the right term because it's never easy, but would you rather try to go get that big-time quarterback 
and then try to build around him or kind of elevate the rest of your roster in order to help out, say, a Justin Fields, right? Like use those draft picks to build the rest of the roster to help Justin Fields or try to find that next Patrick Mahomes where you maybe don't need as much talent around him and he can make all the difference. What do you feel like is, I guess, the easier way to try to build or turn around a team? Well, certainly salary cap-wise, it's always easier to, to draft the rookie. And, and then you can parlay that into a, a lower-cost quarterback, and you can, you can add talent around that quarterback in free agency. You can have these extra draft picks uh, also that the Bears already have. Uh, they already got whatever the 10th pick with their own pick. And, and so, yeah, I think that, that having the rookie quarterback is, is certainly attractive to teams. But as I said, there's, then you've still got that learning curve and you've still got the potential of, of the rookie quarterback not panning out. And we know historically, if they're going to be maybe four, five, six quarterbacks in the first round, probably half of them are going to be really good and half of them are not going to be really good. And so that's, that's the risk that you run, whereas you've kind of got a sure thing. At least you know what you've got with Justin Fields. But on the other hand, they, they also are going to have to make a decision in the next couple of years on Fields contract-wise where, where if he has a really good year, he leads the Bears to the playoffs, then they're going to have to crank up his contract. So, But the Bears have so much cap room that I don't think that's really a concern of theirs at this point. So it just depends how you've rated these guys and, and, and how you want to do it. But obviously, if you can get that rookie quarterback, that's a very attractive route for teams. I think that's that's what a team such as the Vikings Vikings are pondering. Do you re-sign Kirk Cousins at forty to forty-five million a year, coming off a Achilles tear, or do you, if they're going to be a top fifteen, that maybe even top ten, depending on how they do in Detroit this week, do you try to draft one of those quarterbacks and maybe you get a Penix or a McCarthy later in the top ten or top fifteen, and then you have that cost certain low salary cap costs for, for for at least three years and and sometimes more than that because you can still backload a contract with with guys as as we've seen with guys like Burrow and Herbert and so forth so it's it's a really fascinating exercise for a GM and We'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, it is fascinating as we catch up with Jeff Diamond, who ran the Vikings, ran the Titans as well. Now, you drafted Randy Moss. This is an apples to oranges. There were some concerns maybe about Moss, but different than maybe some of the red flags and Michael Penix Jr., who you referenced earlier. You know, of course, Penix has had four different injuries. He's a little bit of an older quarterback. When he's been out there this year, he's looked good for Washington. If you were in charge of a team right now that needed a quarterback, would you have any concerns of drafting Michael Penix Jr. just based off of his injury history? Well, I think you'd certainly do your due diligence at the combine and with your team doctors, and maybe even bring him in for an extra visit if you're really interested in him. And I would not be concerned about his age at 24 or whatever, because I mean, look at how quarterbacks can play into their late 30s now, and and so that that would not be a big concern. Oh, certainly a J.J. McCarthy at 20 years old. It, that that sounds more attractive from that standpoint, but if you, if you think Michael Penix is a game changer, uh, then you do your your checking on the on the injury situation, and and uh, he he certainly 
looked healthy the other night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not kidding. Looked healthy, looked really good out there as we catch up with Jeff Diamond, who spent three decades in NFL front offices. David Tepper, of course, in the news this week, the Panthers owner for throwing his drink on a fan. I don't know what your experience was like for the different owners you worked with, but just um, try to put yourself in that position, I guess. I mean, how challenging would it be as a GM or even a coach working for an owner where it seems like Tepper's very involved, maybe even a little short-tempered, makes some rash decisions there in Carolina. I mean, how challenging does that make it for somebody trying to run a football team if the owner is potentially breathing down your neck? Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, I, I was I was fortunate uh, to work with, with owners who, even though they had a lot of personality and certainly were interested and wanted to stay involved, but they – hired the people and hired whether it was me as a GM or a team president, Minnesota or Tennessee, and, and just let me do my job. And, and so I was fortunate in that, in that regard. And, and I think you look at the, the really stable organizations around the NFL, and I'm talking about places like the Steelers with the Rooney family and, and the Giants with the Mara family. And those are the kind of owners that, that I always wanted to work for um, because, because they do – hire people, let them do their jobs, and and delegate the responsibility. And and as opposed to a, a Daniel Snyder, for example, or whether it's Tepper, whoever it is, that that wants to meddle, that wants to to be very involved in in the decision making and and uh certainly I, I kinda had that first hand experience when I when I left the Vikings and, and went to the Titans and I was going to work for Bud Adams, and I had interviewed with Bud, and then I, I was also interviewing with with the Crafts, and again, the Craft family, another great ownership group that, that I would have loved to have worked for, and uh, but I had a, a, a better offer in Tennessee. But I also t- talked to Daniel Snyder during that period, and I could tell even then that I didn't want to work for him. <laughs> so you, you can get a good feel for it, and it's just makes it that much more difficult in such an ultra-competitive business that if you have to hold hands with your owner on every move, it just really it's a, ends up being a, kind of a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine so. Quickly, as we're running out of time, before we let you go, talking with Jeff Diamond, a longtime NFL GM, it seems like we're on a path to get that rematch of the Niners and the Ravens, the two top seeds in each conference, but it doesn't always work out that the best team actually makes the run through their conference in the playoffs. For you, when you look at the league right now, do you think it's the Ravens, Niners, everyone else, or is there a team or two that you do like that could maybe knock off one of those teams or win the AFC or NFC this year? Who are you looking at right now as the favorites in the NFL? Well, I think I think you definitely have to look at, look at Baltimore after they win by two touchdowns in San Francisco, and then they clobber the Dolphins last week and, and just Lamar Jackson playing so well, but obviously things can change. Uh, they've got to keep Lamar Jackson healthy. And, and I think I haven't heard yet if, if he's going to play this week, but if I was John Harbaugh, I would not be playing Lamar Jackson against the Steelers, even though the Steelers beat the Ravens earlier this year. And Harbaugh was probably thinking, I don't want to be swept by the Steelers, but I wouldn't want to play Lamar Jackson this week. And and so that's that's the kind of thing that can change things really quickly. The 49ers, yeah, you, you consider them the favorite in the NFC, but Brock Purdy's had some ups and downs this year. And I, I saw him here in Minnesota throw a couple of interceptions, you know, Monday night loss. And, and so it's, again, Dallas, another up-and-down team, but, but they've got a lot of talent. The Eagles are just a, a really weird team right now. The Lions, I don't think they've got the defense. 
I, I think Buffalo is a really interesting team to keep an eye on because they're kind of hot. But but they're in a predicament now. If, if they don't win in Miami, they could maybe not even make the playoffs. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't think the Dolphins are good enough uh, to do it. I, they, they haven't beaten the top teams. Kansas City, their their receiver core is just not good enough. And even it's hard to ever count Patrick Mahomes out. But it, it just doesn't feel like Kansas City's year. So to me, the, the Ravens. I think should should be able to to get through the AFC, the NFC. I think it's a little more interesting with with uh, San Francisco with a potential NFC Championship game against the Cowboys. That, I think that would be a, a a really interesting matchup. And that defense, if they can put some heat on on Purdy and he throws some interceptions, that could change really quickly. So, but but yeah, you you certainly consider those the two favorites. But as you said, it doesn't usually pan out that way. Even though it did last year, the top two seeds did make it to the to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. We'll see if it happens again this year. He's Jeff Diamond on Twitter at Jeff Diamond NFL. Spent three decades helping to run NFL front offices. Was the GM of the Vikings, president of the Titans, was also the executive of the year during his time in the NFL and joining us here on Sports Map tonight. Jeff, appreciate the time and enjoy the rest of uh, the NFL season. I'm sure we'll catch up with you down the road. Sounds great, Luke. Thank you. Hey, pleasure's all ours. Jeff Diamond joining us here on Sports Map tonight with Luke Morrow all across Sports Map Radio.